Good afternoon and welcome to the rebellion. Happy Memorial Day weekend, everyone. How's everyone doing? Getting ready for those beaches, parks, camps, everything that's starting to open right now. Uh, the only thing I can say is be safe out there. I know it's tempting to go out now that some restrictions have kind of been taken away from a lot of places. Just be safe. Be mindful, not of just yourself and your family, but others out there. And be respectful, have fun, and enjoy the weekend. It's a great holiday weekend, the unofficial beginning of summer. So here we go, right? Happy Memorial Day to everyone. Um, I'm your host, Alberto. As you know, if I'm here, it's because I'm your host. I love talking Star Wars. I'm talking with you guys. Uh, maybe someday I'll get a guest uh Co-host, who knows? Um, I love talking Star Wars, like I said. I'll talk Star Wars by myself all day. Been doing it for years. I'll keep doing it for many, many years more. I love talking to you guys. When you're in the chat, I love chatting with you guys, but maybe someday we'll have our own co-host. And speaking of talking and talking Star Wars with others, we're this close to record today. We had some environmental issues, but getting ready to record with Matt and Josh, the guys from Wannabe Jedi Podcast. They have a great channel. They select one character each week. They go deep, do a deep dive into that character. They've just did one for Darth Maul, I believe. They have one for Kanan, Ezra, Obi-Wan, a lot of great characters. If you guys want to learn more about your favorite Star Wars characters, make sure to give them a follow uh, on Twitter at Wannabe Jedi Cast. I believe they have their own Facebook page and also web page. So give them, give them a follow and be ready. We're going to be talking about one of my most underrated villains and most underrated Star Wars character. I talked about him a little bit when we did our look at underrated characters. And this is the guy from Crimson Dawn, the face of Crimson Dawn, Dryden Voss. So look for it coming out probably begin of, beginning of June. We're going to try and record it this weekend. If not, we'll find out a day. We're not going to escape. We're going to record together and then watch. be on the lookout for it. So, yeah, want to be Jedi cast. Give those guys a follow. Um, so what else? What else did you guys do Star Wars-wise this week? For me, again, I was getting ready for that chat. So I watched Solo again a few days ago, reread parts of the Solo novelization, and also the Solo visual guide not the visual guide but the solo guide also making sure i have all my trident boss fight you gotta be you gotta know what you're talking about when you go into a show to speak with two guys that just know so much about star wars out there so yeah gotta get ready what do you guys do star wars wise oh i also jumped in this morning on the live chat for a certain point of view those guys who just got congratulations they just joined the red five family so yeah congrats to you guys um, so yeah, if you guys are ready, I know I'm ready. So let's talk some Star Wars. Star Wars news. All right. So Star Wars news. What else but Mandalorian? Before we go over there, let's see who's on the chat. Hey, Peter, how you doing? JT Comlink. Always a pleasure to talk with you guys. Eden, same thing. Hope you guys are doing great. All right, so Star Wars news. There wasn't a lot of Star Wars news this week. Just a big rumor out there, and a lot of people have talked about it already. I'm just going to put my two cents because it's near and dear to my heart. I'm going to put a little spoiler warning just in case. 
Um, I'm here in Florida. It's so hot. It started raining a few minutes ago. We just stopped, but that humidity gets you, man, even indoors. Um, so yeah, real quick, these are rumors. We haven't heard anything official from Disney, Lucasfilm, or anyone else involved, but rumors can be spoilers. So if you don't want to hear anything about it, go do something else for the next five or seven minutes and then come back. If not, just stay here and we'll talk about it. Give me your thoughts on it. And this, we heard last week, again, more rumors, everything with the Mandalorian season two, apart from the directors that have been confirmed, everything is rumors. But last week we heard that actor Timothy Oliphant was gonna appear in an unknown role in Mandalorian season two. Everyone got excited about it. I got excited about it. He's a great actor. He's done a lot of Westerns, which justifies, so he fits the bill to play in the Mandalorian sandbox. And then a few days later, Slash Film broke the rumor that he will be donning Boba Fett's armor. And my tears started coming out. Um, if you follow me, you know that Boba Fett's been my favorite character since I remember watching Star Wars. You can say all you want about Boba Fett, how he was wasted. He's just a, a cool looking character with nothing really to do. He got hit in the back and fell into the Sarlacc pit. You can go down that path if you want. I can argue why Boba Fett is so important in Star Wars and everything that he's brought to it, but I'm not going to do that today. That's for another show. I'll talk with the guys over at Wannabe Jedi and we'll do one for Boba Fett because so I know they have some issues with Boba Fett, how he was portrayed in the Clone Wars. So maybe, maybe they'll call me. Um. So yes, cup up, oh, almost. Build it. So the rumor is that Timothy Oliphant is going to be playing the character Cobb Vanth that was introduced in the novel in the Aftermath series. The three trilogies, I mean, three books that came out for the Aftermath, Aftermath series was one of the first new canon books that came out. I'll start by saying that I did, I haven't read those books. When the first Aftermath came out, um, reviews weren't that great. So I didn't pick it up. Uh, the first canon book I grabbed was Bloodline, so it took me a while to get into it. And when the second book came out for the Aftermath, they got better. I started hearing a lot of good reviews for both of them. And then I started checking, and they're like 500 pages each, and I can't, I don't have the time, unfortunately. So anyway, Cop Van, this is what I know he's from some interludes in the book, is this character that somehow gets his hand on Boba Fett's armor. So Boba Fett falls into the Sarlacc pit, Somehow his armor makes it out. I don't know if the Sarlacc spit it out or whatever. But he got a hand, uh, a handle of it. I think he got it from the Jawas. And then he's the sheriff of this town called Freetown, I think it is. Let me double check. And now I'm lost. Yeah, the sheriff of Freetown. And then, like I mentioned, this it hit me hard because I really want Boba Fett to show up. And again, these are rumors, nothing that Lucasfilm or Disney has promised. So I don't want, I want to try and stay away from feeling disappointed because they haven't said anything. This is just things that we've heard from different sources. And then we start playing on our minds what we want to show up on the, on the new season. So first, the story of Cobb Vance is a, re is a really interesting one. This person that puts on the Boba Fett armor, he knows the story of Boba Fett. People are going to respect someone that's using that armor. And he's the sheriff of a town in Star Wars, a Western town in 
Tatooine. It's a great story. I think it fits the Mandalorian world pretty good. But then again, it's if you're going to have someone wearing Boba Fett's armor, why not Boba Fett himself? So this is where I kind of get that, no, don't lose that opportunity to bring Boba Fett back. So I started, first I was not angry, disappointed. Um, it hit me hard, like I mentioned, but I trust the guys over at Lucasfilm, Mandalorian, Favreau, Filoni, Catherine Kenny. I trust that they know what they're going to do. So this is my... My, I guess some of the issues I have with it, it's all that backstory for Cobb Vanth. How are you going to fit that into this show that has a different kind of point of view? We're still following Mando and Baby Yoda and all those characters that were introduced in season one. Will Mandalorian, will Dean Jaron will have to go back to Tatooine? We, there's really no reason for him to go back at this point, so we'll see how they, they bring that in. But if it's Cobb Vanth, with the Boba Fett armor he finds, he's the stranger at the end of episode five, the gunslinger. He's the one that finds Fennec Shan's body, basically. We've heard rumors that Mina Wen is coming back, so maybe Fennec Shan is not dead. So he finds Fennec kind of laying on the desert dunes over there on Tatooine, takes her back to Freetown, and then as the sheriff of the town, he needs to know what's going on. You can have random gunslingers and smugglers and stuff just walking around shooting people so he needs to find out what happens keep the peace keep the town under control so he goes to find mando and see what happened so that's a very interesting story i can fall behind it it's again seeing someone with the mandalorian with sorry with the boba fett armor knowing that it's not boba fett especially if they take the helmet off and you're like no it's not boba fett that's cop vet and then the Reasoning can be, well, you can you introduce, introduce this character from the books. This is something that a lot of people that follow canon always want, bring people from the TV shows, from the cartoons into live action, bring characters from the books and the comic books and all that, which makes sense. But again, it's a character that not a lot of people know, not a lot of the casual fans know. Everyone in my family knows who Boba Fett is. We watch Mandalorian together, and if someone comes out with, a, with Boba Fett, Boba Fett's armor, and oh, it's Boba Fett, Dad. Dad, your favorite Boba Fett. And then, no, actually, that's Cop Band, blah, blah. And I go into the whole story. They're not going to go back and, oh, let's pick that book up and read the backstory for this character. And I think that's a lost opportunity, at least for me. Again, like I mentioned, I want Boba Fett in it, at least for one or two episodes, and that's it. We don't want to take away too much from what the Mandalorian really is about. Um, we talked about this last week, all the characters that are kind of rumored. So basically, that was it. That's how I started into Okay, let's look at how it can work, or at least how I would make it work. And again, this falls into what I want and then being disappointed. So I got to know the balance. So my idea is, so if Boba Fett makes it out of the Sarlacc pit, of course, I don't know, one, two, three days after the events of Return of the Jedi, when Jabba's barge blows up, he comes out of the Sarlacc pit somehow. He makes it out alive, but he's going to be all beaten, torn, clinging to life. And then he's rescued. I first kind of thought maybe the Jawas find him and rescue him, take him back to the sand crawler, and then the story picks up. I don't think Jawas are going to rescue anyone. They'll probably strip him down naked, take his arm, and just leave him for dead. And maybe that's the way you go. So then I thought, mate, what about Tuscan Raiders? So sand people, they were introducing that same episode on Tatooine. We know that they communicate through sign language. Mando knows how to communicate with them. 
So maybe this is the way. This is the way. So <laughs> Boba Fett makes it out of the Sarlacc pit. He's lying there on the sand dunes, clinging to life. A group of sand of Tuscan Raiders find him, take him back to their village, nurse him back to life. Uh, of course, I have to take his armor off to make sure he recuperates. And either the Jawas come and steal the armor or they barter, because we know they also, the, the some people barter, so maybe they barter with the Jawas for Boba Fett's armor. Jawas take the armor, Cobb Vance buys it from them. That story takes place. And then Boba Fett wakes up in the Sand People's village. Where the hell is my armor? That's me. It's my way of life. Give me my armor. Uh, some Jawas have it, and I don't know what happened. So then you have that story. You have Boba Fett trying to find his armor, which Cobb Vance has. Cobb Vance with his story on Freetown and Fennec Shan looking for Mandalorian. At some point, Boba Fett finds Cobb Vance. They have their brouhaha. And then Boba and Dean Jaren have their issues. So maybe that's the way. Again, that's the way. So if that's how it's introduced, then I can live with it. And if it's not, I'll live with it anyways. But I think that's a way to at least appease me. You have Cop Vance, you still have Boba Fett. Um, I thought, well, maybe Tamora Morrison really is playing only Captain Rex. And Timothy Oliphant is actually playing Boba Fett, but you're not going to keep him under the helmet like we learned from Carl Weathers on last week's, not this past, not yesterday, but last week's gallery episode of Mandalorian. If you hire a, a known face, basically, as an actor, you're not going to have them always covered. And of course, if you hire Tim Oliphant for a role like this, you're not going to have him under the helmet every time. He's going to take it off eventually. Does he take the helmet off and he's Boba Fett? But then you have Temura Morrison as Rex. People, canon people, well, hey, that doesn't make sense. So if we follow this rumor, it's true, then yes, it's going to be playing Cobb Vance. Hopefully Boba Fett is still in it. And it kind of follows that trajectory that I mentioned. Um, like I said at the beginning, I haven't read the Aftermath series, so I do not know how Cobb Vance got the armor what happened to Boba Fett after the Sarlacc pit. Maybe there's something that is described there that plays into it that I'm missing. So if you guys know, let me know in the chat. If you're watching this later, let me know in the comments. If not, go on to Twitter, at Radio Rebel Pod, send me those messages and tell me, no, actually, this is what really happened on the Aftermath series. And then maybe I'll redo my statement. So what do you guys are what are you guys saying out, out there? So yeah, Life Dev, yeah, yeah, that was a great book. I haven't Life Dev, I haven't read that one yet. That's the second one, right? I think that's the second or third one. Again, I might have to get in. There's so many books coming out now with the High Republic books, the New Throne trilogy, Queen's Peril, the Poe Dameron book, Alphabet Squadron, the second one. There's so many great books out there. It's hard to go back and read all the old ones. So I'll see. So yeah, Eden Gray, can't believe it. Seriously, after they kicked Chuck Wendy out of Star Wars, so they are still possibly using his novels or canon. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, that was that. He said something on Twitter. He got kicked out of the Darth Vader comic that he was going to be doing, kind of that, not what if, but a different sense of Darth Vader, kind of fantasy. I'm going to stop saying kind of. that. Those fantasy Darth Vader books, yeah, he got kicked out of it, and now they're using his characters. Well, maybe he, they bring him back. Um, Chuck Wendy seems to be a pretty good author, obviously, if done three books for Star Wars and a lot of others. So yeah, if you can have them, that's it. 
Um, so yeah, Peter, again, Peter, thanks, and Eden for joining the chat. The audiobooks are great and it's highly recommended. Thank you. Again, that's another way. If you really can't get into, don't have the time to read 500 pages, maybe doing those audiobooks. I've only done one. It was Lords of the Sith. It's a great book. I did the audio version. And yeah, those are the way to go. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So um, let me see what else. Vanth is a typical Western sheriff character, so I feel like he doesn't need his backstory in the TV show. He's complicated, but doesn't have to be a complex character for the Mandalorian. Oh, he might be right. Again, I haven't, I just, what I've heard online is what I know about the characters, and we don't want to spend three episodes giving the whole story. So we can only wait and see what happens. So yeah, Mandalorian season two, like I've said before, is not that far off. I believe it's in. October, so just a few months away. And before I keep going, I forgot to mention thanks to Dave and Lee from at Pisa and Parsec. They sent me though these great stickers the other day for just being on the chat like you guys are today. So thanks again. I gotta find a place to put them. I did order my own set of stickers for Radio Rebellion. So once they get here in about two weeks, who knows? Maybe I'll send some to you guys out there. All right, so what else is there Star Wars? And let me get this spoiler out of the way because there are no more spoilers to talk about. So I lost a little bit. All right, so Cassian Andor. So it seems like it's either Mandalorian casting news or Cassian Andor, Rogue One casting news, Cassian Andor casting news. The thing that it's different is every time a new character is rumored for Mandalorian, everyone can first go, gets excited, and then it's how many more characters are they going to keep introducing for this show. Very similar things happens for Cassian, the Cassian series. A lot of characters keep being rumored, but we don't get that response from people. I don't know it's because we, this is still season one, so we don't know how the show is going to be. But mainly all, all the characters that have been rumored for Cassian are characters that should be there. And the last one I mentioned last week, Enfys Nest. So Enfys Nest actress, let me get the name right, Erin Kellyman. She was asked, I believe on her Instagram page, I just read this in one or two places. I didn't do a lot of follow-up, but she was asked if she was going to be in the Cassian Andor series. And her response was, no spoilers here, sorry. No spoilers here, sorry. So this is a very simple one sentence answer. It can be no, it can be, I can't talk about this. So I'll, I'm gonna take this as yes, but I can't say anything about it. We're talking about it. Cassian Andrew is supposed to start shooting later. Later, Yeah, they were ready to start shooting and then the pandemic happened. Who knew the pandemic is gonna stop your show? So it's close to starting shooting after things start slowing down a little bit more. But yes, we talked about this last week. If we get Enfys Nest, even for what, one scene with Saw Gerrera, Mothma, Bale, anyone else, bring her. She's a great character, Enfys Nest. Uh, Kelly Mann, she's a great actress. Again, I don't know what else she's done apart from Enfys Nest, but the little bit that she was in it, she did great. So if we can have the, more with that character and then maybe expand on it afterwards, books, series, maybe she's in a cartoon, whatever. We need more Enfys Nest, great character. So if we can get Erin Kel Kellyman into it, Cassian Andor, that's the way to go. Yeah, any thoughts on it, on it, you guys? Again, let me know here. You like this rumor, Peter? I do too. 
Memphis Ness. I don't know. That seems like a wasted opportunity if you don't don't do more with this character. This is one of those rare opportunities in Star Wars when a very cool looking character that has a great backstory and does great in the movie is not killed off on a one-off. You can do more and more with her. So I hope they don't lose that interest in that character, that opportunity, and bring her for more stuff. And again, if it's Cassian Andor, that Rogue One prequel series, I'm all for it. That means yes. I agree then. That means yes. No spoilers, that means yes. You're going to easily say no. Oh, that yeah, that sounds great, but no one's talked to me about it. I think that's yes. Like so, like Han Solo says to Chewbacca when Beckett asks, hey, if they see you, you're, if they don't kill you, you're in, the, in this life for good. For me, it's worth the trouble. How about you? And Chewbacca, oh, that's yes. So that's yes. All right, so that's it for Star Wars news. Like I mentioned, there's not a lot of Star Wars news this week, and we're fine with it. If there's no Star Wars news, no news is good news. As long as it's not that something's been canceled, then we're all good. All right, so our main kind of special topic for this week is going to be weird creatures in Star Wars. I was thinking the other day, how many great creatures and interesting creatures we've seen in Star Wars? And I think that a lot of the new creatures since the Disney merger have been... not a, People have said that they've been a let down a lot of them. So a lot of people don't like the Rathtar. They don't like Lady Proxima in Solo. Borgolet in Rogue One. A lot of people complain about them. And I started thinking, but creatures are a staple in Star Wars. Weird creatures is something since 1977 and New Hope, weird creatures have always been there. So I decided to start looking at all the episodes and some of the TV series. What are some of the most iconic, weird Star Wars creatures out there? Sorry, I'm knocking everything down. Stay there, 2R, don't fall down. So yeah, so let's go over a few of those special creatures out there. Yeah, Emphis Nest, she's the one. Uh, a lot of people want that, that criminal underworld with Kira and Maul, which again is a great series and a great way to go. But you can always have more Emphis Nest. You don't have to just have one and not the other. All right, so yeah, like I was mentioning, weird creatures in Star Wars, they're iconic. It's what we love about Star Wars, I think. I don't know if I talked about this last week. It's the design of it that's so important. So if you go too far to the sci-fi, they don't look like Star Wars. Too fantasy, they look like Harry Potter's or anything like that. So yeah, it's a difficult balance, but it's the way you introduce them. So let me do something here real quick. We'll go over the weird creatures in Star Wars. And I can't talk about every single creature in Star Wars because there's too many. And there's some that I didn't include because I think they're just animals and didn't fall into my category of weird creatures. So let's see. Let me know what you guys think about each one of these. If I miss a very obvious creature that I didn't mention, jump in on the comments later, chat, tweet me and say, hey, why didn't you speak about this creature? But let's start. And what a way to start with the Phantom Menace and this guy, the Sando Aqua Monster. Give me one second. Let me bring him up. There you go. Sando Aqua Monster, also known as the Jackfish. Look at that guy. 
So you imagine this guy showing up today on a Star Wars in a Star Wars movie. I think people will lose their minds. How the hell does a fish get that big? What is he bench pressing down there? Those boomer, those goober fish are not that big. That color clawfish is kind of skinny. So how is he getting that jack? So this is for people that started watching Star Wars with the prequels, the Sando Aqua Monster is a great introduction into weird Star Wars creatures. And look at that guy. Where else can you get something like that? It doesn't, and it, it fits. Again, it's Naboo. Naboo is a weird planet with a lot of life, underwater life, in the everywhere. So Sandu Aqua Monster are great. Number one for this list of weird Star Wars creatures. Then we jump to Attack of the Clones, and that's where I had a little bit of uh, an issue trying to find weird creatures because there are some, but I didn't. I didn't want to count the the animals in the Petronaki arena as creatures. Again, tomatoes are just animals that reek. The I forgot the other two. Sorry. So I went. Do you know what's a weird creature in? in Attack of the Clones and in Star Wars in general, and they get, they have a lot from them. They're not just a one and done like the Sandu Aqua Monster, these guys. Come on, Geonosians are just weird. Those are flying flies, insect, mosquito looking. Oh man, look at, look at those guys. So Star Wars, the only franchise I, get, I think that can get away with having I'm gonna call them main characters because Pogo the Lesser is in two of the sequels. He's a main character, a main player in the Separatist and the Confederacy system. So yes, I think the Dionosians are very, very weird. Yeah. Um, come on, Peter, you're going too fast. We'll get to the Pogos. We'll get to them, don't worry. Uh, Eden, what are you saying? Yeah, creatures, some of my favorite things in Star Wars. Love cats and love wolves. They are very cool. It's great seeing that love cat in Mandalorian. But again, those fall into kind of just cute animals, so I'm not going to put them here, but they are great. Yeah, <laughs> he does have some great tricep for a fish. Look, let's go back. Look, look at that guy. Oof. I'm going to see who's... You think he is... Is he going to the gym during the lockdown? I guess there's no lockdown on the water, so he's getting jacked over there. <laughs> but yeah, Geonosians, and especially the Geonosian queen from the Clone Wars, that's just a weird looking thing, but it's Star Wars, it just fits. It just fits the bill. Yeah, prequels were the way in for a lot of people, and we forget, so I'm about to turn 40 in two months, so it's hard to kind of, put into your head that a lot of people grew up with the prequels. They're 20 year old right now, 21 Phantom Menace. So yeah, a lot of people grew up with the prequels. This was their way in into Star Wars. And hey, I do love the prequels. There's a lot of good stuff over there. So we keep going and then for Revenge of the Sith, then we have basically the Varactyl. There weren't a lot of weird creatures in Revenge of the Sith is a more serious Star Wars, obviously, with everything going down between Anakin, Obi-Wan, the Emperor, I should say the Supreme Chancellor, and everything. So there wasn't a lot of time to introduce weird creatures. We do have the Varactyl, which is basically a giant green iguana with feathers sticking out of her head. I forget the name of this one. I know it has a name that Obi-Wan knew how to ride her. 
But again, so we're creature in Star Wars. No one batted an eye saying, what? Why, why is everyone writing a green iguana? And if they did, I don't remember. So Baractyl, a great inclusion into the Star Wars weird creatures. But then here we go. People like to say, to always talk about the original Star Wars and how they're the greatest thing ever, which I'll say they are. Sometimes people forget that they're very campy what George Lucas did with the original trilogy and bringing all these concepts and creatures and droids are things that we take for granted right now. That how can you get away with something like that? And the first one is how do you get away with something like this? I'm just going to put this way. Look at that, the Dianoga. So this is a creature that lives inside starships in the trash compactors of starship. How did he get in there is the first question. I have no idea how he got into a star destroyer. No one knew about it before they started throwing trash down there, but there he lives. And you think from just watching the movie, oh, it's just a big old eyeball that has a few tentacles. No. You want to see a weird creature? Look at this guy. That's what's under all that waste in the Star Destroyer. Uh, not Star Destroyer, actually. It's in the Death Star, right? Star Destroyer. Oh, man, if I'm losing my count. That's Death Star. Yes, inside the Death Star. Anyway, so this is what almost ate Luke Skywalker when he was being held down. Again, people, why couldn't he just get out? It's just a skinny eyeball with a couple of tentacles. Look at that guy. Look at that mouth right there under the belly. It's like an upside-down Sarlacc. So, yeah, another great Star Wars creature that we forget about what George Lucas introduced when we start saying, oh, that's too slimy for Star Wars. It doesn't fit for Star Wars. Again, the, the Rathars, they're too slippery. They look like critters and all that stuff. Look at look at the Dianoga. That's, if you want to talk weird Star Wars, that's the one to go. And probably the one of the most famous Star Wars creatures is one when people start complaining about Purgles, Peter, then how can you have whales in space? It's space. Nothing lives in space, really. Well, how about this guy? Oh, wait, this guy. Exogorth, or better known as the space slug. So a giant slug, slug living inside a asteroid, feeding on, I have no idea what he feeds on. And if it's somewhere in on canon, what tells you what space logs eat, let me know. Because if you're living inside a crater, the only thing you're eating are rocks and debris. I don't, spaceships. Um, I guess Minox maybe is the other thing, but you're going to eat a lot of Minox to get that big. Yeah, Dianoga, those are creepy little guys. Again, not little, but if you watch them as a kid, that thing just pops up. The, oh, man. Yeah. If he's so big, why? how did he get crushing all that trash compactor? So got to be crushing that at least once a day, you imagine with all the stuff that they, they saw has to be throwing that down the chute. But yeah, he didn't get crushed. He's still living. Ah, not anymore. He got blown up. But yeah, the, the Exagoth, the space log, great example of Star Wars creature, a great example of a space creature that we forget about it when we start dis dissecting things too much. But yeah, that Dianoga, that's a, I mean, space log, that's a, that's a weird one. No eyes, of course, living out there in space inside that trailer, just a mouth with a bunch of teeth. And then we keep going because there's more stuff 
in Return of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi has a lot of weird creatures. And I think you know where I'm going with this one. Kowakian monkey lizards. It's not just the name of the creature, of the species. His name is Salacious Crumb. This is one of the weirdest names always in Star Wars. And then look at that design. It's a monkey lizard with a bird's beak, some weird ears. Or like a Yoda puppet that got thrown out, probably fall down the trash compact on eaten by the Dianog and spit out. That's what a Kowakian monkey lizard looks like. So yeah, again, a character had a lot to do in that movie. It's C-3PO's eyes jumping up and down, Jabba, Kowakian monkey lizard, then you get them in Rebels. I don't don't think they appear in Clone Wars, but they appear in, not in Rebels, sorry, in Star Wars Resistance. It's a big one that kind of probably was hitting the gym with the Sandu Aquaman. So if you guys have seen Resistance, or if you haven't, check it out. That's a big, there's a big jumbo Kowakian monkey lizard, one of the episodes. And then of course, you're gonna be talking about Return of the Jedi. You're gonna talk about the big bad one, Jabba the Hutt. And you were saying, Eden, how scary the, scary the Dianoga was? It was my guy. So I remember, I always tell this story. As far as I remember, first movie I ever saw in the movie theaters, I was three years old, Return of the Jedi, sitting in my mom's lap, crying when this guy showed up. Big old Jabba the Hutt. Come on. That's 100% Star Wars, but if you put that design anywhere else without knowing who he is, people will flip out. It's, again, a giant worm-like creature speaking a weird language, licking everyone. Jabba the Hutt, one of the best cre creature designs in Star Wars, one of the best stories on how it came to life, all the people underneath trying to control it. Original gangster in Star Wars, the Hots are gangster. Everyone knows their backstory, and it's because of this guy. But again, it's a, another great Star Wars creature. It's a weird-looking creature, a great design that falls perfectly in what Star Wars is and what we love about it. It's Jabba the Hutt. It's always gave me. I don't remember if it gave me nightmares, but yeah, he he wasn't too fun to look at. Um, yeah, monkey lizard and resistance. There you go. Again, he's been hitting the gym with the Sandu Aqua Monsters. Yeah, yeah, crying at Java. It's, yeah, again, like I said, I've always loved Star Wars, and I think it started being three years old watching Return of the Jedi. But seeing this guy, no, I wasn't too happy about it. I'll, I'll, it's fine. I'm fine now. It took 37 years to get over it. And then one more. Oh, no, we got two more for Return of the Jedi. Oh, Return of the Jedi, that movie used to be my favorite for a long, long time. Then Empire Strike Back kind of jumped over it. But if we're talking about weird creatures in Star Wars, I think Return of the Jedi takes a cake. We already saw Kowakian Monkey Lisa. We saw Jabba the Hutt, the Hutts. And now look, a Rancor. Rancor in Star Wars. I another creature that... If you're talking about a sci-fi movie, I know it's sci-fi fantasy or fantasy sci-fi. When, when people think about Star Wars are just casual fans or think it's a, a sci-fi movie with some magic and laser swords and things like that. And then you throw out a giant Rancor into the mix coming out of the pit trying to eat Luke Skywalker. Look at that, just chomping on that hand, on that arm from 
So Rancor is another great, it's a stop motion creature that works great as it was. I don't know how it would work now as a CG character, but just having a stop motion, I think, uh, I don't know if a person was in a costume also, but it's a great character design. Everything happens in Java's palace and in that area, the guy we're gonna talk about now again, next to Java's bar. So Java knew, I think Java's the one. We gotta find Java and all those huts. Where, do, where are they finding all those great creatures? And then one of the most famous one, and we talked about this earlier on when we were talking about Boba Fett, is the Sarlacc. And this is the special edition with the little beak, but before it was just a bunch of tentacles, some teeth underneath, and you're gonna get be digested for a thousand years. Ooh, excuse me. So first we saw the space lock coming out of the crater in Empire Strikes Back, and now we have another a desert slug coming out of this crater in the sand dunes over at the pit of Carcoon. Same thing as the Dianoga. You think it's just a couple of tentacles with a beak? No, that's not it. Look at that guy. So that's what's, what's beneath all that sand on Tatooine is that weird creature. I think these are females and they're, then the males kind of just attach to the females and suck the lifeblood out of them. So you can imagine Boba Fett falling down there. It's going to be a bit difficult to escape. So I do understand if he didn't, if he really is dead. I don't know how you escape that, but again, we'll find out in October. But if you have a problem with Rastars and with Borgolet and Purgles being weird, not fitting in Star Wars, and you say that this guy does, then you have problems. Not problems, but... Again, you shouldn't be focusing on stuff like that. Yeah, I've read, I've heard a little bit about that keeper, the Rancor keeper. I think also the from a certain point of view, Novo has something from his point of view. So I might have to check it because yeah, he's pretty devastated when the Rancor is killed. So there has to be something else, another story behind it. So I might have to check it out, Peter. Thanks. So with that, we finished looking at the weird creatures from the prequel and the original trilogy, and then we jump to the sequel trilogies. And the first one to kind of, to basically throw people off a little bit, and it was Rathars. And I think the problem was, we didn't get to see too much of them. It's a little bit dark on Han Solo's barge or his hauler, I should say. We just see them kind of rolling, like I said, looking like critters, if you remember that movie from the 80s. But that design of Rathars is 100% Star Wars with everything that we've just seen between the Dianoga, the Sarlacc. It looks really like a combination of both Jabba the Hutt and another weird creature. So this fits in Star Wars. Look at those bulbs coming out of this bag, the tentacles with the... Oh, whatever you call those little sponges or cups at the end and the razor sharp mouth just there to eat you. So I think it's a great Star Wars design. It fits great in Star Wars. And for that scene, again, King Prana wanted three of them. Has to be for a reason, maybe to intimidate people. But I think Rathars get a bad rap. A lot of people don't like them. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the CG on it. They might be too dark. They do look a little bit slimy, so you really can't tell too much of them. If we had a scene where they show up like this and people can get a better look, I think the response would be a little bit different. 
But yeah, raptors, they're just cool. And you don't want to be close to them. Thalassiren, The Last Jedi. So The Last Jedi, very similar to Empire Strike Back, a more serious movie, more character driven. So there's not a lot of time to spend with weird creatures. But what we get is here in Luke's hideout. On Acto, we have the Thalassirens and we have the, the Keepers, which are another weird creature, but not too weird. Thalassirens, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> we just saw them a little bit. But they, I guess they make a mean green milk because Luke fought all those waves, all those rocket range just to get there. Milk one of those Thalassirens. You sure want to be here, Ray? This is the life that you're going to be if you want to come over here. But hey, Thalassirens give a mean green milk. But again, like I mentioned, it's Star Wars. Weird creatures, it's in its DNA. And Thalassirens just sitting there. You, at first, I've said, I said, do we need this? It might be the scene is weird seeing Luke Skywalker do that. But as a weird creature, again, it's Star Wars. It fits the bill. Love those Thalas Sirens. I want to see more. You see them swimming or something? I'm sure they're, gonna, they're pretty majestic underwater. Kind of like seals and walruses. Once they're in the water, they're fine. Outside, they're just kind of slow and bumbling. In the water, I think they'll get by. And then finishing up the Skywalker saga is a deleted scene. And this is from, sorry about the noise. If you read the Rise of Skywalker novelization, you know who this guy is. This is, I just forgot the eye. I forgot always about the eye of Webbish Bog. And this scene was actually shot for the movie. And you can see here, I believe, and this is not Tom's at art, although you can see it on the Rise of Skywalker, the art of Rise of Skywalker. But if you read the novelization, this scene goes into play very deep into play. They explain a lot of it. This is at the beginning of the movie when Kylo Ren goes to Mustafar to find the Sith Wayfinder. So originally, and from the novelization, we learned that it's not just sitting on this stone tablet in the middle of the forest. It's actually in the middle of a bog being under the care of the eye of Webbish Bog. This creature just pops out. It's a symbiotic creature. So you got that giant baby head, kind of devil baby, with that spidery thing on top, kind of just sucking life out of it or just living from it. So again, that symbiotic relationship. When I first saw, because this came out a while be before the movie, after the movie premiered and all the Colin Trevorrow script kind of basically came out and people started talking about it. Then this broke as a something that was also in that movie, but it also almost appeared in The Rise of Skywalker, The Eye of Webbish Bug. And at first when I saw this one here, I wasn't too sold on it. The giant baby wasn't something that I wanted. It doesn't feel like Star Wars. The spidery creature on top does Eye of Webbish, but not the baby head on, on the bottom. Oh, maybe they could make it work in the movie. But when you read the novelization, they explain a lot more of it. And I do believe that this is something that should have been in the movie. It tells you, it gives Kylo Ren a quest to find the Wayfinder. When he talks to Webbish, he, cannot, he tells them that this is something that Darth Vader left there for someone that's truly deserving of it, not just for anyone to find. And he has to risk his life, basically, to make sure he doesn't that it accepts Kylo as the owner 
of the Wayfinder. So it's a weird creature, something that we miss in this movie. Again, it's Star Wars, getting that weird creature, giving Kylo Ren that quest at the beginning of the movie, not just kind of sitting there. So I think we're, we did miss that. This is one of the scenes that we have liked that was shown in the actual movie. Because it was shot. You can see there that Kylo Ren giving its back and showing his back and then the eye of Webbish bug in the little nasty pond over there. And then we move to one of my favorites. Borgolet, you'll know the truth. Again, people didn't like Borgolet, very similar to Rathor. It's just tentacles coming out from behind this jail jail cell. We just see a bubbly, slimy creature in the back. But Borgolet, someone that can get into your mind and take your thoughts. Come on. We gonna see this. I think John Favreau mentioned something about a mind flayer, and I think he was talking about Borgolet or the same idea. So hopefully something that comes back is a great design. Design again, it's a weird design, but that's what we're talking about. Weird creature. What do you expect? A unicorn? Maybe. Forget a unicorn in Star Wars. I'll take a fathier with a with a unicorn horn. Who knows? But Borgolet is one of my favorite creatures, not just the design, but what it was able to do. I love the other creatures we talked about. They're just there to kill. They're just big brutes. Boy, Gullet, no, he's more refined. He'll get into your head. Take those thoughts out. That's what he feeds on. Good thoughts, bad thoughts, whatever. He'll learn the truth. Boy, Gullet, you got a bad rap. You got to love that boy, Gullet. And then Solo. So Solo, we have two weird creatures in Solo. First one is Lady Proxima. And I know I haven't heard... People complain about the design of Lady Proxima. It's just the way she talks. She speaks in basic. It's not in an alien language like the other people that are with her, the white worms. So yeah, it will have been a lot better if she spoke in an alien language, but Lady Proxima is a great design. Get those scrum rats going. So Lady Proxima should have, should have gotten a little bit better. Yeah, Eden, if you can get your hands on that novelization, you learn a lot. I'm not gonna spoil it, but there's that beginning. You learn more about race training and there's some stuff with, I'm not gonna say. Um, you learn a lot. That's, I usually don't buy novelizations because I want everything to be told in the movies. But if I know I'm gonna learn more about something important, then yes, and I think that novelization does expand on a lot of things from the movie. So if you can get your hands on it, uh, it's a good buy. And then one of my favorite scenes from Solo is Suma Verminos trying to get away from Kessel trying to do a castle room. Is that the mall? No, that's not the mall. That's a living thing. And that living thing is called Suma Verminoth. Again, Star Wars and its tentacle creatures. Works great. It's living out there in space. No one knows about it. That's why you don't try to do a castle run. You don't go out of the little channel that they have. Or they're blocked by that Imperial blockade. They have to go through it. And they run into Suma Verminoth. It's a great creature, a great design. Again, can you see this in space? Who knows? Maybe it's there and then gets sucked into that black hole. Oh, yeah. Suma Verminoth is a great design. It's a great name. Um, I learned this, I think, from the Visual Dictionary. I think that's where I learned it. Yeah. Suma Verminoth. Or maybe it was in the solo no novelization also. I just love saying that. It's Suma Verminoth. So, yeah. And then that basically ends the uh, weird creatures from the movies and then we jump to the tv shows silo beast can you imagine watching a star wars movie and then you have a 300 foot 
kaiju come into play. I believe its armor is impenetrable by lightsabers. The Emperor wanted it because it, its defensive capabilities and its power. The Emperor wanted it for himself. Uh, the Silo Beast appeared in a couple of episodes of the Clone Wars. Again, no one complained about the Silo Beast, but people complained about Rathar. So this will be a weird one. If the next Star Wars movie you have a 300 foot, a 300 foot creature coming out of, can you imagine this? watching this in Coruscant, because in the Clone Wars, that's where he was. Coruscant laying waste to the city, kind of basically uh, Godzilla, King Kong, Kaiju battle in the middle of Coruscant in the next Star Wars movie. Again, it's something that we've never talked about. I know people talk about, oh, we should have an R-rated Star Wars or a horror Star Wars or this type of Star Wars. No one talks about a giant monster battle Star Wars. It'll be weird. But again, weird creatures are part of Star Wars, and the Silobis is right up there as weird creatures in Star Wars. Didn't thought we were gonna be seen. Geonosians, going back to Geonosis, you got those Geonosian brain worms. So this is also from the Clone Wars. I'm not gonna spend too much time talking about them, but come on, it's brain worms. Nobody wants a brain worm. And then the final one. Oh, sorry, I got two, two more. This is a very important one from Rebels, the Bendu, the one in the middle. So Bendu, I don't want to get into the whole story behind it because it will take too long and I don't, I've only seen Rebels once or twice, but the Bendu is a great character. It's the one in the middle, like he says, he studies both the light and the dark, which mostly towards the light side, helps train Kanan when he's going, undergoing some personal issues. And the Bendu, come on, it's I can't even describe what the Bendu is. But it just reads in Star Wars, it's in Attilon, I think is the planet where Kanan finds him. And it's another example of if you do things right, there's a great story behind it. You the design doesn't matter. And the Bendu is one of them. All right, look who's here. To me too. Thanks for coming. Oh, thanks even for posting and sending him our way so thank you michael uh yeah we're almost there but we're just talking about weird creatures in star wars if there's one you want me to talk about a weird creature that calls you in star wars come on mention it we'll talk about it again doesn't matter we're here to have fun talking star wars among friends what's better nothing yeah so the bendu let's go back to the bendu because that's so yeah bendu another great Character designing Star Wars, a great story behind it, and not just for himself, but what he does for the main characters, helps Kanan overcome a lot of his issues that he was having at those times. So yeah, like I mentioned, having a great character design is one thing, making sure that it fits in Star Wars and the story is what really matters. And the Bendu, that's the Bendu, it's the one. And then finally, you guys been talking about it. You know we're gonna talk about it because a lot of people talk about it. Purgles, so the Purgles. Oh, what can you say about Purgles that hasn't been said before? Um, so before we go, yeah, let me see Peter saying out there, Bendu is such a great fit for this list because so little is actually known about him. You're right. We thought we we're gonna get more from him. What was at the end, season three or season four? But unfortunately, Thron spoilers. If you haven't seen Rebels, I think all of you have, but Thron takes him out takes him out. I don't think that Bendu is done for. Yeah, we know so little about Bendu. It's a great mystery in Star Wars. One of those things, do we want to learn more? Yes, should we? 
I don't know. Maybe leave those mysteries because the Bendu is the one in the middle for a reason. Not great. We're not going to get into that. And yes, Eden, love how the Bendu design mirrors the planet of Attilon. Oh, cool. I have to double check. I Again, I haven't watched Rebels again. I'm going to do my rewatch soon. I watched the first episode a few days ago. But Bendu is great. But enough about Bendu. He gets enough accolade. Let's talk about this guy. This guy's girls. The Purgles. So yeah, the I at first I didn't like Purgles and not what they represent. It's just a design. It's weird seeing weird. That's what we're talking about. Weird seeing things that we we are used to seeing here on Earth, which are whales. To see them in space, we've seen them in Star Trek. But it's weird to see flying space whales. Once you get get past that and the design again. A lot of people complain, how are you going to have animals in space? But we just saw, we just went through a whole list of weird creatures in Star Wars, in space, in trash compactors, in the desert, in pits, in wherever. This fits. This is Star Wars. Weird creatures in Star Wars using hyperspace. They drink up all that excess gas and then go into the hyperspace lane. So Purgles do belong in Star Wars. They are very important in Star Wars, especially if you follow Rebels and you know what happened and we're all waiting for that Rebel sequel and it's all because of the Purgles. So they do belong in Star Wars. Again, it's difficult getting your mind around it that they are just space whales. But if you just call them Purgles, forget about space whales, then you'll be fine because Purgles are pretty sweet. Whew. So yeah, that's quite a list. So that's it. Again, there's a lot of other Star Wars creatures that we didn't mention. But let me do this real quick. I think those are the at least a couple from each episode, each movie, TV series. I didn't go into Mandalorian. You can talk about the Mud Horn. And I forget the name of the walrus creature at the beginning of that first episode. Again, those are the, not the Mud Horn. That's just an animal to me. But that first one should fit as a weird creature in Star Wars. Didn't get a chance to get to it. But yes. Uh, sorry. Okay, so what do you what do you I think happened to Esran Throne? Come on, you guys are gonna throw this. All right, I was gonna go into fan questions next, so I guess I'll answer this. I don't know. No, so basically so during the unknown regions, right? That's what we all believe that Purgles went into hyperspace, took them to the unknown regions. We know Trons from over there, that cheese are between the unknown regions and wild space. We, we are getting the three new books from Thrawn before he joined the Empire. So I think we're gonna learn more about wild space, more about the unknown regions, more about the cheese and the cheese ascendancy, Thrawn and everything over there, how everything works. And then we'll get that Rebel sequel or something with Esran Throne in the Unknown Regions. And apart from that, I don't know. I don't know if they're working together, if one took out the other. To make it interesting, they're probably working together somehow. But let me just get this guy there. So I don't know. It's one of those interesting Star Wars stories. Do we just leave it for our imagination and not get into it? Or dig in and see what happened to Esran Throne? The thing is, how far in the future are we meeting them? Is this three years after they left? Five years? Ten? Ezra's uh, full-fledged Jedi Knight? Thrawn, it's being thrown, just using him as he wants. So it's a 
it's a great story to be told. And I don't have a, an answer apart from there in the unknown regions with the Purgles. Maybe maybe they're just hanging out with the Purgles in this weird planet, the Purgle planet, just sipping whatever they drink, some brandy. There's always brandy in Star Wars and like, or a calf. So I think that's what they're doing. They're out there just hanging out with the Purgles in the space ocean, just having fun. That's where I'm going to leave it. If that's not the next series, I'm going to pick it. No, I won't. All right, well, thanks for the question. Great question. All right, so like I mentioned, here we go. Ask the Rebellion. So we're going to go to one of my favorite segments of the show, and it's talking Star Wars with you guys, getting your questions. I did post this out on Twitter a few days ago. Send me your questions. We'll go over them, and I'll try not to embarrass myself. So the first question comes from our friends. Like I mentioned, I'm going to be recording with these guys soon, and it is for... Wannabe Jedi cast, Wannabe Jedi podcast, and they write, does pineapple belong in on pizza? Before I answer this, so this is a great topic, a big topic of debate for everyone. This is something that our friends from Pizza and Parsec, they have their opinion on it. There was a poll posted on Twitter a few weeks ago about does pineapple belong on pizza? I believe... The guys over at Wannabe Jedi cast are split on it. And I only have one word to say to it. No. No. Stop it. Pineapple does not belong on pizza. Sorry, don't, don't shut this up. I'm probably lose half my audience right now. I'm a simple guy when it comes to pizza. Just put meat, pepperoni, bacon, ham, Roma tomatoes. That's it. Nothing else. So no. Don't. You know what this reminds me of? If you guys watch Seinfeld, when Kramer and Poppy are trying to, Kramer has this idea of make your own pie. People can make their own pizzas. And he starts making, and you you bake the dough, and you put the cheese and the sauce, and he starts putting what cucumbers. He starts putting cucumbers on pizzas, and then the owner of the restaurant, restaurant Poppy, says, what are you doing? What's that? Cucumbers? No, cucumbers don't belong in pizza. Well, it's my pie. I, I put on it what I want. And he says, no, that's out of the question, not cucumbers on pizza. So I'm poppy in that scenario. No pineapples. End of story. What do you guys think? You guys say anything about pizza? Uh... All right, so let's go back to the question real quick about Ezra and Throne. They have to work together. I think you're right, Peter. It would be a lot more interesting having them working together probably to get back. So we'll see. I'm sure this is a story that will be told, so we'll, we'll have to find out. All right, space ocean martinis. Man, I want one right now. This Florida heat is killing me. All right, so sometimes only with onions. Oh, Peter. All right, I guess I'm in the minority, but if you like them, depends on the type of pizza. All right, two me too. Um, apples, fig, balsamic, vinegar, cucumbers go good on pizza if that Thai style. I'll eat anything up. Oh my. Yes, they do belong. Put pineapples on it. I'm wrong. I don't know what I was saying. No, I won't eat it. Maybe it's a dare one. You know what? I'll be honest. I haven't tried it. So maybe I do try it and it's the great, greatest thing ever. So for right now, I'm going to say no. But who knows? Maybe they do belong. Maybe that's something I'll do one day. I'll live stream myself eating a whole pineapple pizza. See what happens. Oh, my goodness. Don't take my word for it. I probably won't do it. Maybe for you guys. We'll see. 
All right, so yeah, wanna be Jedi cast. Like I mentioned at the beginning, if you missed it, we tried recording today, we couldn't. We're gonna get together later this weekend, do a recording about Dryden Boss that will be on their channel probably the first or second week of June. So keep your eye out for that. If you're not following those guys, make sure to subscribe to their podcast and be on the lookout for it. All right, second question from someone that's looking right now, Peter writes. Jam transmission at JT Comlink, Comlink, and this is a multi, multi question. In the galaxy far, far away, what planet would you live on? What planet would you vacation to? And what planet would you avoid at all costs? <sighs> so I think I answered something similar a while back, and I've changed my mind. So probably if you go back, you'll find a different answer, and probably two months from now you'll find a different answer for me. Because there's so many great planets in Star Wars and so not so great. So what planet would I live on? I think I said Naboo that first time, but no. I'm from Puerto Rico. I'm used to the beach. I'm used to the ocean. So I think I would live on Scarif before it gets blown, half blown. So living on Scarif with those space margaritas again, sitting the beach with the palm trees looking into the horizon. I think Scarif is the place to be. I would vacation on Coruscant for a few days to kind of to be in a different place. The lifestyle, I'm sure the nightlife on Coruscant has to be out of this world. All the skyscrapers, the whole planet's a city. So I think Coruscant would be a good place to vacation to. But I would have a vacation home on Naboo. Just go out, relax, forget about your troubles. If you had a bad week at work or a whole bad year, you know what, just vacation on Naboo for a week or so. Great art scene. I'm sure the food on Naboo has to be great. Uh, great open fields. You're going to watch out for those rolling ticks. But yeah, Naboo's a great place to vacation to. So live on Scarif, vacation on Naboo, planet to avoid, Mustafar, right? That's the first one. Mustafar is a lava planet. I don't want to live there. Volcanoes are cool. So maybe you want to go once or twice to check them out. But the place I would avoid at all costs. I talked about it a little bit before with those creepy Geonosians. It's Geonosis. It's barren wasteland, just desert and sand everywhere, humid and heat. It's like living in Florida, basically. Giant, weird insect. Again, it's Florida. So why? I already live here. So I would avoid Geonosis, weird, giant, flying insects, desert, nothing over there. Avoid Geonosis at all costs. Mustafoy probably also. Scarif, Naboo, avoid Geonosis. And maybe Camino. Camino looks cool. There's too much storm. You always be inside. There's nothing to do. You gotta get a good show to watch on TV. Oh, everyone's the same. Clowns. That's a clowns joke. Everyone's this. Yeah. I don't have to explain it, right? All right. So don't. You're right. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm gonna try it one day. So, uh, so yeah. Scarif is a good choice. Naboo is just, like you mentioned, Naboo was the first one, first one I kind of talk, thought about. And let me think about it. There's the problem, there's so many great, there's so many planets in Star Wars, so it's difficult just to make a decision and then keep to that decision forever because I'll change it again. I'll probably missing some, maybe Lamu is a good place, that dark sand, just farming, sleeping by yourself, farming. Who knows? All right, so great question. And keep Keep them coming. Oh, wait, what is this? All right, so following question comes from at Tabletop Bureau. 
and they say, will the Max Rebo band reunite for the 50th anniversary in 2033? So I was going to check this up, and I didn't. So I forgot. Didn't Max Rebo get blown up with Jabba's barge over on Tatooine on the pit of Carcoon, or was he only in the Jabba's palace? I want to say he got blown up. Uh, so yeah, I'm sorry. I think, I think Max Rebo's gone. Because, so let's say no. Let's say Max Rebo reunites 50th anniversary, one night only, uh, whatever ball at the California ball where John Williams plays once in a while. So Max Rebo comes. Yeah, Max Rebo. Do you want him to play just the classics or do you want to hear new stuff? I think everyone just wants the classic, but he's going to be, I've been playing new stuff for 25 years. No, just play the Java theme. We want the Java theme. It's like, no, we're playing the new stuff. The new album comes out tomorrow. Get it. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Is Max Rebo alive? I think that's my first. Kashik. Oh, Kashik. You got it. Kashik might be cool. Yeah. Has the Wookiees. You've never have a better night's sleep crawled in a Wookiee's lap. So no one's really gone to, to Kashik. What about Endor? I don't know. Those murder bears can't get you. You're sleeping. You smell good. They'll find you. So maybe not Endor. Kashik might be a good one. I think you're you're on to something. So yeah, Max Rebo, is he still alive? Is he playing the classics? Or is he, does he have new stuff out there? We just want to hear the classics. That's what we want from old Maxi. All right, so thank you, Tabletop Bureau. And our final questions from our friends, again, Dave and Lee from at Peace and Parsec. And similar to Peter, they sent a multi-question question that I had to think for a while, and then it was too much fun. I had to stop myself. So at Pizza and Parsec write, you have to turn a character into a droid or give a droid the personality of a character. Who would it be, why, and what would their name be? So I wrote back when they sent me this question. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to have to think about it for a while. And I did. And then things started turning. I started thinking, well, oh, this guy, and this guy, and that droid, and this droid. And I, my list, oh, I got to look at my list. I had to stop, because if not, the whole show would be about this. So I got a few. Stop me if I'm going too far. And if you guys have some idea, just put them in the comments or in the chat. I will talk about them. So the first, and it's easy, you just want to change all the Jedi's personality to droids. Droids are so rigid, and Jedi's are also rigid, but some droids either aren't. The first one I thought was Anakin with the personality of K2SO. And I just imagine Anakin with that personality when we all seen the meme of Kia the Moon in Phantom Menace. Oh, your thoughts dwell on your mother. And he said, what does that have to do with it? Well, the meme says, no, my thoughts dwell on your mother. So you imagine Anakin as K2SO when Kia the Mundi asks him, oh, your thoughts are on your mother. So what, what do you care? I think about whatever I want. And then May is telling him, oh, you don't belong. Sit down, young Skywalker. You know, I ain't sitting down. You sit down. You stand up and you sit down. I'll belong in this council if I want. Who are you to tell me I don't belong in this council, May's window? So yeah, Anakin with the personality of K2SO in those scenarios would be funny to me. But then I thought, what's even funnier? And I'm going a little bit off script because it's not a droid. We Anakin Skywalker with the personality of Michael Scott from The Office, especially the episode when Idris Elba shows up as Charles Minor, and he's trying to get Michael Scott to leave or to go into the conference room, and Michael just starts imitating everything that he says, and Pam 
kind of go, basically goes and says, oh, I know how upset he is, depending on how childish he gets. And he just stepped over the Ace Ventura talk, talking of your butt face. So Anakin as Michael Scott, when Mace Windu tells him, oh, we grant you a seat on this council, but not the, we don't grant you the title of master. And then Anakin just repeating everything that Mace is saying, just like a little kid. And Kenobi and all the other Jedi's, no, you got to stop talking now. Anakin, stop talking. And, and Anakin just going off riffing like Michael Scott. I think that's the funniest thing ever. And I don't have a name for it. I do have a name for Anakin as K2SO. You really, really don't have to change the letters too much. AK2SW. Anakin 2 and SW for Skywalker. So AK2SW. So that was one. And keeping up with the Jedi, another thing that's just funny to me is Kiadi Mundi as AP5, but not AP5, the droid from Rebels, but just the end of it when he's singing. So I started thinking, we've never seen a real singer in Star Wars, a main character. So you can have a Jedi that can only talk by singing. And we've seen this in other TV shows, but a Jedi that always sings when he talks. And then Kiali Mundi <laughs> telling Anakin, singing, your thoughts dwell on your mother. What about the droid attack on the Wookiees? Come on. That's funny. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> to me, that's funny. And of course, his name will be 4KNG, 4KNG, or KSNG. Again, it makes me laugh. So thank you, guys. Peace and partial. And I'm not done. I got more. I'm going to keep going. So now jumping to droids with personalities of characters. Any droid with the personality of Dexter Jexter from Dexter's Diner. So Dexter's this big, jovial guys, always hugging. Oh, Obi, Obi, come here and hugs them. But droids are these cold, expressionless characters. So imagine a droid with that personality, just going to people, hugging them, riffing on them. Oh, you might be smart, but you're not wise. You're, what's it? You don't have wisdom. So, yeah. So, yeah. No, uh, sorry, I lost my. I'm your kind of, yeah. I mean, we're here together. We all know you love Star Wars. You're going to be wrong in the head sometimes. And we all follow each other. All you guys here, we're all in the same boat. So, yeah, again, that, <laughs> I don't know, it's funny. It's just funny having that singing Jedi. I think that's the funniest thing ever to me. <laughs> but yeah, a droid that just goes up to people and starts hugging them and telling jokes and being all Dexter Jexter like. And he will be DX3J. That will be my jovial droid. I got two more. We'll go now the opposite side. And it's a droid with the personality and the dress style of Supreme Leader Snoke. So we all know Snoke. He's a pretty mean guy with his golden robe, his golden slippers. And if you've read the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book, he also has that weird paperboy hat. First, a droid <clears throat> with clothes. Fully clothed droid, but with that golden robe. And then just being mean to everyone. He doesn't know them. He just talks crap to everyone. Oh, you're just a boy in a mask. A, a droid worse than K2SO. Just a droid dressed to the nines in gold robes, telling people to, you don't know anything. I'm going to, just a child. And of course, his name will be FU2K. That's the name of that weird Snoke droid. 
Then in this same verse, I started thinking of a droid that could be a Sith Lord. We've never had that, right? A Sith Lord droid. General Grievous close to it, but not quite. And then it changed to, you know what? I'm going to give C-3PO the personality and the demeanor and temper of Kylo Ren from The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, where everything, if you talk back to him, you gave him bad news, you would just rah, start smashing things, start breaking his helmet. So C-3PO, every time someone tells me, oh, don't tell me the odds, I'll tell you the odds if I want to, and then starts beating on them. And when R2-D2 calls him a mindless philosopher, who are you calling a mindless philosopher and just starts kicking him? So if C-3PO just get, got fed up with everyone, after they turned his switch in <laughs> The Rise of Skywalker, he just kept that switch off just with those red eyes. And everyone, someone talked back, oh, stop talking, you stop talking, ah, and just goes all nuts. It's a metal guy. Those fists will hurt. Whew, sorry, kind of went a little off there. All right, so yeah, that does it for our show, I think. It was a, it's a weird one, but I love it, man. I love talking to you guys. Um, yeah, come on. FU2K, that's, you know it. Yeah, those droids. Again, it was a very difficult question at the beginning, but once you go down that rabbit hole, it's hard to get out of. <laughs> you can also, yeah, if you guys have any ideas, shoot them down in the chat, put them in the comments, send me a comment on Twitter, what droid would you, you know what we're talking, just weird droids and people, characters with personality of droids and weird names. So yeah, so again, great show. Thank you guys for tuning into the chat. Thank you to everyone that's going to be listening to this on the podcast when it comes out on Monday. Thanks to everyone that's going to watch this later on the replay when it's available on YouTube for everyone. Thanks for all the new followers we've gotten this past week and this whole month. Uh, thanks for all the subscribers to the channel. You guys are the reason we do this. The reason I do this is, is because of you guys. I love talking Star Wars. love talking to you guys. Uh, subscribe if you haven't. Leave a comment. Um, what else do you have to do? Thumbs up, subscribe, comment. There's something else. YouTube, you know. Uh, so, yeah, just let me know if you're watching, listening to this on the podcast and you haven't already. Uh, just leave me a review, rate. Can be five star, four, three, two, one. I don't care. Be honest, guys. That's what we're here for. Again, if you're going to be going out for Memorial Day, be safe for yourself from everyone else out there. Keep it safe. Be safe. Stay safe. May the force be with you. Give me one second so I can do this. Let me do that again. Yeah. So stay safe, be safe, may the force be with you. Right.